future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360 Karma. As you know, every week we have incredible women. I want you to know next week we're going to have author Jennifer Hald. She wrote uh, Sit, Walk, Don't Talk. It's about her one-week silent meditation I know I couldn't do that. Let's just say it. And uh, she's going to be on as well as Kelly Lynch, who is the co-chair for An Evening with Women, which is the largest women's fundraiser of the year for the LGBT Center. Raises money for such good causes as uh, women's services, uh, seniors, and also homeless youth. So uh, we're going to talk about that next week. So be sure to tune in and subscribe to our YouTube so you don't miss any of these amazing women. Speaking of amazing women, today we have on Fashion I. Icon Kim Gold. And later in the show, we're going to talk to author Rena Grande about her book, uh, her journey as a Mexican immigrant, and how this is a, a required reading in many colleges today. So she'll be on later. Right now, please give a warm welcome to Kim Gold. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. Happy good. to be here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good. How Life is you? good? I, really, no Life, complaints from Life me. is gold? Um, it, it's golden, <laughs> absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Because quite a journey you've been through. To say the least. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's been amazing, actually. And, you know, like anybody... Um, Life is full of ups and downs. You've certainly had an incredibly successful career, but not without any obstacles and, and uh, you know, things to overcome like anybody, any of us women. Um, and I think it's even tougher for women in any industry. So the fashion and garment industry is absolutely no different. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. To say the least. I think being the only woman um, when I uh, co-founded True Religion Brand Jeans, it eventually became a public company. And I was the only woman on the board. And being the largest shareholder yeah. uh, on a board of directors that were all men, I think it was a very difficult time for me because this yeah. was back in 2002 when we started and it became public a couple of years after that and even more so now it seems to be easier but back then I, I it's I mean it's difficult now but back then it was very difficult and I was gonna say it really is a shame that we haven't come that far no, even we today and that's the whole point really of most of my dialogues every week is uh, whatever industry we look at uh, women are in the minority as far as in top positions and when they are in top positions they have just really had such a struggle to get there and uh, you know but I do yes. want to back up and talk a little bit about before you actually launched this iconic gene company and that is you are just an entrepreneur from day one I mean you got out of high school <laughs> yes. and yes. I loved your story your book uh, True Gold tells your story about you know how you started off like selling t-shirts on Venice Beach and uh, somehow uh, manifesting a $50,000 a month business at that young age. That, yes. That's insane. You read that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the book is gold standard, and it starts with really, and it, the epitome of the book is really about staying true to myself, mm -hmm. um, staying true to your convictions, and making sure that whatever you do, you do the best. Right. Whatever that is. I don't care what it is. Yeah, where did you get mom, that from? Did you get that from one of your parents, or is it just inbred, or what is it? 
Uh, my mom's a psychologist. Um, my I'm father. So sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yes, that's kind of yes tough no. growing up with I, a psychologist. Just say. Well, say sorry because my father was an is an attorney, so I'm more sorry about that. Yeah. I think they instilled really a. Um, uh, a real a business acumen, mm-hmm. being kind to everybody, no matter it takes it you know it takes a team. Right. Um, it really is integrity is the most important thing. Right. I'm always on time. I'm, like I would rather be early. Right. So I think I that saw those, that today. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I was like two hours early. I, mean, I was just hanging out. But I think it's important to to your team is what makes you. Yes. Um, the people around you, your support, and I've always had that. That, yo, you're lucky. I'm very lucky. Yeah. I mean, it's not always been 100%. I don't know if it's luck, though. You probably created that. I think life is a choice. Who we pull into our team is a choice. And Absolutely. Who we align with is a choice. Yeah, so uh, really, you have you to gotta curate. Take for that. Sometimes you don't have the, your actual blood relatives. Yes. If that doesn't happen, then you have to curate your friends or right. your, your mate or right. whoever it is that you know, you're hanging out with. And But you, uh, you know, started, like I said, very early, just having this uh, fashion instinct. And then uh, you were one of, uh, uh, of triplets. Yes, I'm an identical triplet. So I'm wondering if that also propelled you to be this achiever. <laughs> Is it, well, is it competitive you know, it's, well, to it's be interesting. a triplet? I don't even it's, know. It will. Listen, I think if you share a face, a birthday, a birth, a bat mitzvah, um, you're clumped together. I think the way you have to really figure out your individuality is mm-hmm. through, I guess, what your passion is, what you do. Right, right. And so being a triplet was, mm-hmm. I mean, they're my best friends. Right, I, I could right. not, I am so blessed to have them in my life. Um, hi, you guys, if they're listening. Um, <laughs> I love you. I think that because um, people don't understand what it's, what it's really like to be a triplet. Now, do each so, one of you do something different? We, well, we're all very creative. All creative. Okay. Uh, Tracy's is uh, a makeup artist. Michelle is um, has an incredible. Um, uh, she's an artist. She was an acupuncturist, okay. turned very, very well-known artist, Michelle Oppenheimer. And I'm in. You know, I'm a producer, fashion designer, and. Um, yeah, so you're always doing something I'm creative. I'm always doing something. Yeah. 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 So you started off selling the t-shirts on Venice, which I think a lot of people probably wouldn't know uh, since you're iconic for the the true religion genes and the other gene lines that you've developed. But yes. I think, you know, you were telling me the story of um, when you actually made that into an empire that's like a billion-dollar empire, right? Uh, that uh, the guys on the... Um, on the board there because it was all guys all guys uh, pushed you out and and it's very apparent that you were very instrumental in creating those jeans just look at your background i mean you you were pounding the pavement with t-shirts making 50 grand a month at uh <laughs> age 19 so yes i mean it definitely and then you got into the jean business and you know um made your way into you know having celebrities wear your jeans yes. and i think Angelina Jolie and uh, yeah, all of them, Jennifer uh, Lopez, yeah, yeah, Beyonce. Was that uh, was that cool to design a jean and then have you know these, you know celebrities? Well, the celebrities them and that I them. Yeah, absolutely yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. I think I chose celebrities that were a little bit more voluptuous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that women who have uh, more of a, like a booty, if you will, yeah, you know, more voluptuous, they they had a hard time finding clothes that fit them or right. jeans that fit them, right. 
uh, skinny girls can wear anything, and they always look fabulous. But women who have bodies and tushes, it's it's a little more difficult. And right. I think that's why one of the reasons why True Religion did so well. Ah, I mean, um, they used to be lined up around the block. It was to get incredible. Them, right? It was incredible. Yeah, I, and they I, weren't cheap. They were. Like no, uh, they weren't cheap. Expensive. They were uh, quality. Uh, made in America. Made in made America. In America. Very, awesome. very important. And I think that people don't realize that when we started doing uh, my ex-husband and I, Jeff, um, and I credit him. He doesn't credit me, but that's okay. I credit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what? You have to give credit where credit is due. And right. he was incredible in fabric. Mm-hmm. So he was a fabric salesperson, and I had three companies prior to True Religion um, that did very well, and a couple of them I, I sold. Um, but I wanted to join forces. I don't always think it's the best thing to be in business with a husband or a right, wife right. or something. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. But, but I mean, I know it does work sometimes, but it does. I think it's most not conducive. of the time it doesn't, yeah. But, you know, yeah. he's great in fabrics. And so right. when we made this this jean, it was the most difficult jean. I designed from the inside out. Uh-huh. So it wasn't just a jean slapped together. It was something that every detail was was special and the like fabric literally was literally from the inside out like yeah. you did you designed well, the inside when you look first in, well you do when you well, yeah. well no i mean when you make something oh. like your jacket you right. look on the inside it's perfectly tailored right it's beautiful yeah so you want clothes that when you look on the inside like this i mean yes. it's gorgeous i mean everything about yeah. what i wear i like it to be pristine yes control freak about what yeah. i wear and uh-huh. and you know you want to feel good. I want in to it. feel good. And if you like the inside, then you feel good in it. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot of people want to know about uh, your uh, marriage, obviously, to Mark Burnett. Oh my goodness. I mean, uh, Mark he's Burnett, obviously iconic in his own right with reality. I happen to love uh, Shark Tank and The Voice. Sh- Shark and, Tank is incredible. Yeah. It, it's changed so many people's lives. Let I me, know. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Mark and I were married. We uh, won't talk about The Apprentice, please. <laughs> well, The New well, Yorker. We'll, talk about Shark well it's Tank interesting. The well, no, The New Yorker called me because they know that uh, to talk about Mark. And I and Mark and I are still very good friends. That's great. Uh, he, his, his kids and my kids are very, very good friends. Yeah. So he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's an yeah. interesting guy. Yeah. Um, shrewd business person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and not you knew him before. Way before. He was this reality producer uh, star. Yeah. I think he so. was starstruck about somebody. He came out from England. We lived in England together for a while, actually. He came out, met me in Malibu. I was working as a hostess in Malibu. And he was like, oh, my God, Malibu. Uh, this girl, she's a Californian. And we we were together for five years. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, was that fun? Mark is a very interesting guy. He's British. He's a cockney. He's very funny. He has a great sense of humor. I think he's changed over the years because I think yeah. he's had to. Yeah. Um, but he's a cool dude. I mean, especially with somebody like me, he's known for so long. Right. You know, he's just, hey, Kim, how's it going? So, and he was in, he actually so wanted to read something nice kinda, in my book, though. He came here kind of starry-eyed oh, yeah. with L.A. and hoping to make it big. And I mean, back then, was he talking about producing reality shows? or No, he was working for me. Uh-huh. Um, for um, and for my father, who owned a company called Faces International, my oh, stepfather. Right, right. And so I helped him along the way because he really didn't know anybody out here. So we right. introduced him to people, and he really had this. My goodness, I remember when we would go on vacations, he would talk to my father because he was an entre- my stepfather's an entrepreneur, and he really was an entrepreneur and had this this drive where he right. had to make it. Right. I mean, it was a poor kid coming from the East End of London. It was really important to him. You know, that's what it takes to make it in this LA business. Just for those listening, if uh, you want to be an actor, a screenwriter, or whatever, we, 
uh, have some near and dear friends that are actually in the green room today. Yes. And uh, that's uh, something that I've, I've seen in them is the tenacity and their networkers, uh, besides their talent, didn't you need that too? Um, but uh, that's what it takes. I, I I couldn't I couldn't have said that better. Uh, tenacity is probably one, and perseverance um, and passion. I yeah. think you know I have a motto that my uh, fiance Marlon always says to me. You're not looking for an no, Kim. You're looking for the yes. He says that to me all the time. If I go out and I'm and I have meetings and there's always no's. You're going right. to hear no more than you're going to hear yes. Right. Um, and not looking for no, looking for yes is something that I really... Although in the dating world, you probably always hear yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do, you think I... <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it. But you never know why. That's interesting. You yes. never know why someone says yes. Right. Yeah, that's a whole nother Oprah. Yeah. But um, let's go, let's look at your, your background because uh, every every successful woman seems to often have been with men that are like cheating on them or you know whatever and I knew you had that in your family with your dad and then with your husbands and what do you think is it just because I think it's good advice to other women you're a successful woman what could you do differently or what have you learned from that experience that you could pass on to other women so that they don't repeat that which I take it you know Well, wow. Uh, That's a really good question. I don't even know how to answer that because I'm not responsible for what other people do. Right. But we are responsible for who we choose. And like, like, for instance, right now you're you're engaged, right? I am engaged. Right. And is he a wonderful guy? Oh, my God. He's just the best. So this is my question. At this time in your life, do you feel like you chose someone that's different than the people you chose in your past? Okay. That's a really that that I can answer. I yeah. do think. Well, I was married for to Jeff for twenty years. There yes. was there was no infidelity there. It was just stuff happened in right. the twenty years. Right. I married Mark very young, right. um, and I think that that happens. I think that the more we are s- s- secure as women, yes, I think that's the key. And then you really, really focus on what you want and what you won't stand for. Right, I agree. Your boundaries. Your bound and boundaries yes. are very important. And I said, listen, if uh, this is this is another thing I always say, if you don't like the peach, walk on by the tree because you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help if you if that's what you're gonna do. I can only right. be the best human being and to the person I'm with. Right. Do you think is. it's hard for men to be with successful, strong women? Oh my goodness, that's yeah. what's so great about Marlon is yeah. I found that. In the past, that has always been an issue. Right. And it, now it, you found someone who appreciates and celebrates that. He, he, in fact, yeah. he, he thinks it's incredible. I mean, yeah. he, he, look who I'm with, you know? We need more men to have that outlook because, you know, there's a lot of successful women, and we need more women to be more like you, self-confident and strong. We need to, this is the whole purpose of my conference, Live, Love, Thrive, my show, yeah. is to encourage women to find their confidence and find their strength to uh, bring their gifts to the table. So many want to be doing something amazing. They have gifts, but they're afraid to uh, show them or do them, or they don't have the confidence to whatever, speak in public, write a book, uh, whatever. And, And so what do you think it is that you're just so fearless. It, you know, what, what's your secret? I, it's so funny. Well, I want to go back to something about women being with... I want to say to women, let your man, you can be as strong as you want, but when you come home, let your man or your woman, whoever you're with, whoever you're with, let them be chivalrous. 
Let them also take care of you because right. we are. That's great advice. You have to change hats, and that is what I've learned. Yes. Most important lesson I've learned. I'm going to be 51 next month. I've been with Marlon five years. He wants, even though we're strong women, yes. and we're successful. Yeah. But let your mate take care of you. You know what? That is great advice. Yes. You know change what? Your I've hat. not been good yeah. about that, and I uh, have upped that game recently in yes. my older age, uh, not mid midlife, um, and it's great advice because that does feel good. It's a give and take, and, and oh, that's the is. way it should be. It is. It shouldn't be in any relationship, and it, look at the 1950s, 60s. The women just waited on the men hand and foot, oh, but God. it should be It should be a reciprocal. <laughs> it has to be. Even, that's what's healthy. Each one should be taking care of the other in different ways, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I think Whether being, it's two men, two women, what, a whatever man and a woman. Whoever you, well, whatever whoever it is. Whoever your, your, your mate Person is. Person and a frog. Whatever. Yeah, well, I like frogs and turtles and <laughs> dogs, but I think that it's really that's that that if I if if anybody takes any anything away today, it's that mm-hmm. is change hats when you come home. Be yeah. mindful of the hat you're right. wearing. Yeah, I recently was following uh, Brendan Bouchard, and he says before you walk in your door, uh, get yourself present. Put your day behind you and go in and be totally present with the person that you 100%. love. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, and that's where the the joy is in the present, isn't it? it? Yes, the joy. We talked in, about that earlier. Yeah. Yes. So, a lot of joy in your life now. What What could I possibly complain about? Right. Three right. incredible children. Yeah. Great family. Three boys, right? Three boys. His birthday. One of them is turning twenty today, and so there's twenty, twenty three, and twenty four. Talk about not waiting to have three right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, great, great business partner, great businesses producing. Um, you have a, a movie doc- out at the well, theaters, yes, right? called Carrie Pilby. Yeah, and I'm producing a uh, a documentary with Lisa Hesloff about women veterans. Oh, that that is such an overlooked group of people, uh, isn't it? Women veterans. Women are just underserved. Demographic, anyway, (laughs) and we're and we're fifty percent or more of the population. So it's so odd that we settle for that because we have the power in numbers to to change things. Can we? Do we have the power numbers to to impeach Trump? I'm just kidding. Sorry, (laughs) you couldn't help yourself. Sorry, I couldn't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, I had on Fox reporter Michelle Polino last week, and she's very middle road. She says that we should be talking to each other. We do talk to each other. And that that's what's going to help move things ahead. And But it's hard. It's hard because everybody's so polarized. But that's a whole other story. Sorry, I had to say that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about the fact that um, besides you have this great movie out, which everybody should see, uh, Carrie Pilby, um, you also are involved in a lot of nonprofits, which I always love about successful women who come on my show that are giving back. And have you, to. T- you are the epitome of that. So well, let's talk you. about some of the things that you give back. You, um, the fighting obes- obesity for kids. Oh, that's a that's a big one. Um, I yeah, have. There's a pun. Well, <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, sorry, that's a little that's a that's a little one that I'm involved in. Um, I think I think that it is the responsibility of anybody, but mainly successful people who have a voice, to be part of um, charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially kids, because they they are our, you know they're our future. I mean, come on. And if they're eating well and they're 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 uh, living well, then they will be more strong or right. stronger for our future. 
right, yes. right. And then you also arts for the kids. What's that okay? So about? that's children mending that's hearts. That's really that's important huge. right now. That's huge. Now so, that we can talk yes. about what's going on in the world right now. It's in, I mean cutting the arts. How really? You, well, it's always been that when they do yeah. cut, they cut out PE and they cut out the arts. Yeah, it makes physical no ed sense. and arts. The two things that are so important for people's mental and emotional well-being. Listen, I'm number one. Music. Are, are you kidding me? Music, uh, arts, and, arts. And, 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 and athletics. Theater, athletics. Uh, um, yeah, Lisa that. Hesloff, uh, who I'm producing with, um, it's called Slags, uh, Serve Like a Girl. Uh, that's a documentary. What's it, what's it stand for? Serve like a girl. Serve like a girl. Yeah. Does that mean like serve like tennis or food or? Well, that's women veterans. Oh, so, oh, so yeah. Serve, serve like a, in the yeah. Serve yeah. like a girl. Hello. It's called so. Yeah. Her, she's all about children mending hearts, and that's that's her um, her charity. Oh. Yep. And then there's Holly Robinson Pete, uh -huh. who's another. My one of my closest friends in seventh grade, uh, design care, and it's all about autism and Parkinson's. Oh, wow. You know, I had on Elaine Hall, who is uh, founder of The Miracle Project, and she puts on musicals for, uh, you know, in that involve children with autism. She come to find out that that music uh, impacts them in such a great way. It brings yes. them out. It brings them out of their shell. They get a camaraderie. Um, I'm actually going to go see it uh, coming up here at uh, the Wallace. Oh, Believe it or fantastic. not, fantastic. The kids are performing. Yes, I'm going to invite you to the Wallace. next one. Then I'm going to invite you to the next Design Care. Beautiful. And Love the that. Mending Hearts, which is coming out of June. I'll send you an invitation. You have to come to that. Okay. Would you come? It's yes. in June. And, yes. And, I, and our guests, uh, they can find it. We'll we'll post it on 360. That would Karma. be great. Yes. Yeah, that's a great cause. So many more kids today have autism. Uh, we don't know uh, they do. About. It just depends on the spectrum. But I have to right. tell you, and I and I just want to leave this note with with mothers like Holly Robinson, Pete, mm -hmm. working with her her one of her kids, uh, RJ, and opening up schools for RJ with mm -hmm. autism and writing books. I'm telling you, this kid has flourished, and uh, she's incredible. Yeah, those so. kids are uh, geniuses in their own way. They really are. Yeah, yeah. they're very special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That uh, you're people... special too. Oh, thank I you. I really Back like at you. you. You're really thank great. You. Yes, I've had a really good time. Well, me too. And uh, as far as us wrapping up about women's empowerment, uh, what would be your advice to someone wanting to start out, especially in the fashion industry, since that's really your don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not jaded at all. Uh, I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> no, I, I think most importantly is stay true to your convictions. Don't take no for an answer. Always look for a yes. And, you know, and, and don't be apologetic. There's nothing to be apologetic. Right. If you're really, really good and you're talented and you have a business acumen, you've got integrity, stay true to that. And listen, good hard work never goes unnoticed. Right, right. Thank you. That's yes. great advice. That's Thank great advice. You, and you uh, walk the walk and talk the talk. I, and hope I love so. that. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks okay. for being a guest. Thank you. And uh, make it a great week. And we're going to be right back with Raina Grande. Okay. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360karma women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women.
and we are back with Reina Grande. Hi, Reina. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank good. you. Good. good. I knew here. you flew in to be on the show. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Flew in from? Uh, I lived near Sacramento okay. in uh, Woodland, California. Oh, I used to live there in my 20s. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wow, you have had such an amazing journey, and I'm so happy to have you on today because uh, it's such an important topic now more than ever with what's going on with our government and whatnot. Uh, the immigration, especially Mexican immigration, yes. uh, that's an understatement, I know. Um, I just have so much I want to talk to you about about this because I want to get your perspective. But first, I want to give people a background so they understand how you got here, what your story is, because your book, uh, The Distance Between Us, is actually now a required reading for some freshmen uh, in certain colleges, and yes. you travel around the country. Yes, I and do, yes. I mean, that must just make you so proud that, I mean, not only did you do a book, but for it to be a reading in the colleges is really such an achievement, you know, especially coming from your background of, of growing up in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what... And what happens to me, like every time I visit a college, it, it feels like such a surreal experience because as an immigrant, we're often told to to be quiet mm -hmm. and to not have a voice and to not speak up. And yet now I, get, I keep, you know, getting a microphone in my face and people saying, here, tell us your story. Yes. And it's so empower, empowering and wonderful to be able to speak up, not just for myself, but for, for all immigrants. Yeah, it must be uh, so rewarding that you know you're helping so many people and you're, you're encouraging them. Your story is, is inspiring. And so you grew up in Mexico. Uh, we have some photos to show of uh, the house that you grew up in and uh, your family there in Mexico. And uh, it was some tough times. It was definitely it not, was, not easy. Yeah, it was very tough. I think especially, you know, I grew up in the second poorest state in Mexico where 70% oh. of the population there lives in poverty in Guerrero. Mm -hmm. And um, my father couldn't find any work and and there were just no opportunities and 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 that's still the case you right. know there's still the same poverty nothing has really changed right. and and Mexico sometimes it gets better sometimes it get it gets worse but nothing ever changes in my yeah. hometown for the better mm -hmm. in fact it gets worse it gets worse and you know uh, this is one of the things I always look at that uh, um, some people are born in America uh, Warren Buffett said that's like winning the lottery. Yes. Some people are born in other places. They had no say-so in it. They were just born into that situation. Mm -hmm. And that was your situation. Now, your mom and dad left to come make a better life here, and then we're going to come back for you. And in that interim, you share in the book, and I'll just share a little bit of it because I want them to also pick up your book uh, uh, the distance between us, but um, a little bit about it was that you know you're with this grandmother that wasn't very kind. Um, I, I always have a hard time understanding uh, how a grandmother couldn't be good to her grandchildren. Mm -hmm. it, 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 you're wondering what what clicks in that person's head. These are children, innocent children. I know she made you guys do a lot of chores and wouldn't let you play with the other children and. Just uh, you had to stay inside, and yeah. you know it just wasn't it wasn't fun and it wasn't pretty. Um, but luckily, uh, and, and, and I was going to say, luckily uh, you did eventually come to the United States. Yes. But tell me what it was like 
growing up there because it must be even though it's great that you I can see you're very much a person that lives in the present and all the glory of having a new family here and whatnot but when you go back when you travel back t- tell people that aren't weren't born into that what was that like being in that situation with your parents gone I felt your angst in the book it was hard yeah. to read well it was a very difficult time for me and my siblings because not only was our father gone, you know, he left when I was two years old, but then when my mother left when I was four, that was really devastating for me, especially being the youngest and suddenly losing my mother as well. And the U.S. was this this place that, it was a scary place because it took away parents. Right. And, and I didn't know if they were ever gonna come back. I didn't know if I would ever see my parents again. And I was really afraid, not only of being forgotten and abandoned by them, but also replaced mm-hmm. by new children born right. in America. And even back then, I already felt inferior, you know, to mm-hmm. these kids that were gonna be born here. And I take um, it there are some kids there that the parents don't come back Yes, for. yes. It does yes, happen, they are. Right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it happens a lot. And Do you think it's because they don't know how to get them out of there? I think sometimes, um, especially this past years, it's been really hard for parents to go back for their children or to bring them over here because it has gotten um, really dangerous and expensive Mm -hmm. for the border crossing. And that's why parents are not able to go back for their children Mm -hmm. or even able to pay a a smuggler to bring them over here. And that is how you got into the United States. Uh, You were smuggled in. Yes. So eventually you you wanted to be reunited with your dad and you got smuggled and he sent somebody for you he paid a smuggler he came back to Mexico and then he hired a smuggler and he made the border crossing with us which I'm really like um, I feel really grateful that he made the crossing with us because a lot of children have had to do it alone with right. a complete stranger right and some make it and some don't yeah, yeah. exactly right mm-hmm. now we wish it was a happy ending here, but you got to the United States, and then your dad was kind of an abusive guy, alcoholic, and he wasn't. You, know, so you, you didn't was, have it easy once yeah. you got here, but you and were happy was, to be here. That was heartbreaking because yeah. while he was gone during those eight years, I kind of fantasized yeah. about him, and I think I created right uh, this father in my head this fantastical yes, good guy yes, yeah uh, and then when I came here I realized wait that's not the dad that I had imagined wow and he was deeply flawed he you know he was an alcoholic very abusive but also um he was a big dreamer and that's something that I kind of appreciate now you know that when we got here he would tell us that he brought us here so that we could study and go to college and have a career and be homeowners and he wanted the american dream for us like the 2.0 version you right, know right and he had this big dreams and he taught me to be a dreamer and yeah. i really appreciate that about him right now were you nervous to tell him that you wanted to go to school um no because when we got here he said that he brought us here to go to school and if we didn't uh, do well in school he was going to deport us back to mexico oh wow there's a there's an incentive yes (laughs) um so uh it's good that you can focus on the good of him yes so the good was that he inspired you to to dream big and go to college yes yeah Mm -hmm. well it worked yeah i mean here you are a famous author now and making such a difference in the colleges um, and you have your own family now, which yes. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about a little bit about meeting your husband, because I know you told me 
you kind of dated these abusive guys and then finally you made mm -hmm. a different choice, which is what I was just talking to Kim about. I was saying it is a choice who we put in our life. Right. And uh, we can keep making the wrong choice or we can wake up and, and realize uh, that we do have a say-so in it and we can make a different choice. And that's what you did. And I think that also is another wonderful message to women uh, mm -hmm, to pick mm -hmm. the right partner. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. And I think for me, one of the, the ways that my father kind of messed me up was that because he was so abusive and emotionally detached too, mm -hmm. I never felt loved, you know, and he never mm -hmm. said, I love you. He never said, I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think then, a lot of people have dads like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think for for girls, it's it's really hard to. So not then it's have hard to pick support. a partner that does yes. say those yeah. things right. and allow it in yourself, yeah. right? Because my yeah. father gave me this distorted um, view of love that I had to earn it, right? That that so that's what I felt. I have to earn someone's love right. in order for me to value it. So I was always dating the you know emotionally detached guys right the, trying to earn their love trying to earn their love and then I one point I realized this is really self-destructive I can't do that anymore so then I found a really really good man you yeah know? it sounds yeah, like very it. supportive and you were writing he was an actor so he kind of uh, you told me was like uh, a good artist the support. Like he got yeah. you. Uh -huh. That's he the got other thing. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing I think is so important in a partner. They have to get you. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, there are people that are with people and they don't get each other, and that's never going to work. But that's right, really great right. that you found that. Yeah. I'm so happy for oh, you. Thank you. Happy ending. It's nice. And you have two great kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me about them. Well, uh, my kids are, um, my son is 15 and my daughter's nine. Wow. Which I'm really amazed about because I was nine when I crossed the border. Oh, and then wow. I looked at, I look at my daughter who's nine. Yeah. And my eight, you know, the age I was when I crossed the border. And I feel like, man, this, this little, little girl, I don't think she could make it yeah. <laughs> across the border because she's lived her whole life in comfort and right. feeling protected and right. safe and all her needs have been met. And um, yeah, and, and that's something that I do worry about my children sometimes that, you know, I have, I, I feel like a victim of my own success because I really work hard so that I could be a good parent so that I could give my children everything they need. But at the same time, I worry that maybe now they won't know how to persevere because they haven't, they, they haven't had to, you know? Yes, I hear what you're saying. But on the other hand, I think that you have shifted a, a generation. So you you know people can either perpetuate what's going on in the in their uh, families abuse and things like that or they can stop it and say going forward our family's not going to be that way and I think that's what you've done I think you've broken the chain and you're showing these kids love and integrity and what there could be no downside to that I yeah. hope I hope not I, yeah. I I really do I would like for them to um, also have big dreams, and I would like for them yeah. to have that that stamina and that yeah. inner strength that you need to succeed. Here's the good news. No human being goes without obstacles in their life. Yeah. So those kids will have their obstacles. There's yeah, no yeah. doubt. Nobody can escape it. 
you know, varying degrees of it we all have, but we all have those challenges. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. the one thing I think we all Mm -hmm. have in common, and it's how we handle those challenges that differ between us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you are definitely an inspiration. I know there's, you you know, a lot of women out there in, uh, you know, domestic situations, uh, you know, or people, uh, you know, at least we're on the Internet so people can hear us in Mexico and say, you know what, she she did this. I can, too. Mm -hmm, You give mm -hmm. them that hope, you know. You came here and you, you you took your gift of writing and you put it to good use. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think that's why I really enjoy going to schools. Yesterday I was at an elementary school speaking to fifth graders. Oh. And tonight I'm speaking at East LA College, you know, speaking to college students. And I just love meeting young people. And I think it's because I feel like, you know, it makes the dream real. And I remember when I met my first writer, I was an aspiring writer dreaming of being a writer. And I met um, Jean Wakatsuki Houston when I was 22. And when I saw her, I was I was like, my dream is real. There she is. Oh, wow. you know, she's living my dream, and I could do it too. And and then also it helped that she's five feet tall, like I'm five <laughs> five feet tall. And I was like, wow, if, if that little woman can do it, I can do it too. And it was so, such an empowering thing to meet uh, a real flesh, you yeah. know, author in the flesh. And I kind of want to give that to to students, you know. I want to inspire them to keep pursuing their dreams. And I want to tell them, you know, that no matter what life throws our way, yeah. we, we can overcome. We can be triumphant. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, what came your way was huge. Um, first of all, are either of your daughters writers? Well, my, my daughter, my nine-year-old, is a writer. She told me she wants to be a oh, writer. Oh, that's great. I was wondering and, if one, um, you know, followed in your footsteps. She, she already threatened she's going to write a memoir about being my daughter. So <laughs> we're like, oh, I better, I better be careful. What comes right? around, goes around. She's keeping you on your toes. Yes. yes. She's a smart she's, one. She's really <laughs> smart. So it's like, all right, I, bet, I better be careful about <laughs> what cute. kind of mom I am. She already, she's going to write a book about me. <laughs> and the other one? My son, he's uh, oh, into son. yeah, he's into yeah. sports. He is oh, a wonder a wonderful um, runner right now. He's in oh, track great. and um, he made anchor and the relay team. So yeah, that's what oh, he that's loves. Great. That's his passion. So yeah. sports. Everybody has a gift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, what are these kids asking you with what's going on right now? You know, they're talking about building the wall, and you know, they're talking about throwing people out of the country and it's a very trying time um so when you go visit them since your story is all about mexico and immigration what are their questions to you yeah i think um one of the questions that's really on their minds right now is uh, what's going to happen to immigrant families and especially also the undocumented students you know it's a mm-hmm. big worry for them and do they attend your lectures yeah 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 mm-hmm. i get i get to talk a lot to undocumented students and i think that's something that that um i feel like very angry about you know about the way that this country has been handling immigration um just keeping people living in limbo, you know, never knowing what's going to happen. And I know Obama had this, you know, DACA, but that was just such a temporary thing. And Mm -hmm. you cannot build the future on Mm -hmm. something that only lasts a few years. Okay, so let's say Trump hired you and said, okay, uh, Raina, (laughs) you are in charge of uh, immigration. 
what would your advice be to him? I would tell him that if he if he really wants to decrease illegal immigration, he has to increase legal immigration. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage him to expand on the visas, you know, and be um, give the people the opportunity to come here and prove themselves. So in other words, and you're saying they wouldn't come here illegally if they could come legally. Yes, yes. That's, that's like what it comes down to. Give them that choice. Give them that choice to be able to come here legally. Like my own family, for example, we had to come here illegally because we didn't qualify for a visa. We were mm -hmm. too poor. Right. And yet it's the poor and the most vulnerable that, that you know, really want to And this is a place of an here. American yeah. dream yes, that where exactly. anybody can be successful. Many uh, Mexicans have come here and had successful careers yes, like yourself. Yes. Give people a chance. That's what you're saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think it's important to talk about um, foreign policy and how America uh, or the United States affects other countries and the economies of other countries. So do you um, think the economy in Mexico is hurting because of the United States? I think so. Mm -hmm. I think it hurts um, because... Uh, companies come to the U to Mexico and they offer really uh, ridiculous wages to the workers, and of course the the Mexican government is to blame for that because they allow that. Right. And you know they set the standard of the the minimum wage in Mexico is eighty pesos a day, which is like four bucks a day. So the U.S. Uh, companies that go to Mexico could choose integrity and pay those people a living wage more, a living wage yes. like they have to here yes. like here you're required to so uh, a, yeah, a lot of integrity is, is at stake here yeah both for americans and for mexican government uh would you say yes yeah. and i was i was reading an article i can't remember the name of this company it's um they make auto parts in in michigan or something that they were going to close the factory there because they pay 17 an hour to the workers mm -hmm. and they were going to take it to Mexico so they could pay $1.70 an hour to Mexicans. And and that's that's what I'm talking about. It's right. like, you know, when they could probably pay them 10 and still make a profit. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. But I think it's, so it's a combination of it, really, it is all really about low, money. It's low wages. And if, yeah. you know, if people don't have the means to support their families, they're going to force be forced to migrate. Right. And, and that's something that I would really like to see is how can we help these countries? How can we help them stabilize their economies and be able to provide more opportunities for their people so that they're not forced to leave? Right. Yeah. Right. So that they could make a fair wage there and wouldn't even need to migrate. Yeah. Right. I, I think that would really reduce... Yeah. The number of broken families, you right, know, and right. I think that's that's the heartbreak of the immigrant community is that the broken families, the people that get left behind, especially the children, mm -hmm. and then you know coming here and 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 being marginalized and and um, discriminated and trying to all you really want to do is, is um, have opportunities. So if American companies uh, set up shop there and paid a decent wage, people would stay in Mexico. But they come to America to make a higher wage because they're paying $17 an hour instead of $1.75 an hour. Yes. Mm -hmm. This makes perfect sense. What a great conversation and a good education for people. And uh, 
we do need to shift our culture that it's not all about corporate profits, but it's about the working people. Yes. And working people in all countries around the world, not just Americans, around the world getting a, a living wage so that uh, it helps it helps everyone to uh, prosper. It helps the, the planet to prosper, to have everyone uh, prospering with uh, e with equal, not equal pay, but uh, decent pay. Yes, yeah, yeah decent yeah. pay, a decent, decent pay. livelihood. Yeah. What about this wall? Yeah, are people asking you about it? <sighs> the wall, yeah. yeah. Um, I know it seems like a joke, right? Yeah, yeah, I think for me, it just, it makes me really sad to see how the world has been moving towards building walls, you yes. know? In the 80s, uh, there were like, you know, 15 walls. Now we have over 63 walls around the world. Really? And um, it's it's just, to me, that's just moving the wrong way, you right. know? Um, and they had the one wall come down, but... Right, one, one, up, 60, one wall, yeah, yeah one exactly. down and sixty and we up. Built, yeah, yeah, we, we, it's like people, right. a lot of walls up. Right, yeah, and even you know, just thinking about what it means, like, yeah, we could build a wall, but then that's not really going to change things, right? We're right. just what's um, going to change things is these economic things that yeah, we're talking like about, like really, really right. address the push and the pull factors that mm -hmm. are driving immigration, and the wall's not going to do anything. And neither is, you know, increasing detention centers like Trump wants to do. Um, that's just not not going to solve the problem. We really right. need to look at these, you know, factors that are right. creating. We need the to look at humanity and, and say, how do we uh, bolster humanity? Not how do we lock them up and keep them out and push them down? Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. How do we mm -hmm. bolster humanity around the world? How mm -hmm. do we make it better for everyone? Yeah. Uh, what about uh, for uh, women in Mexico, uh, you know, being a, a, a woman from Mexico, how do you feel you're accepted in the United States? Do you feel like you have a struggle? Do you feel the, the, uh, the prejudice of that? Well, I think um, I have a, a two battles to fight because as a woman, I'm, fi I'm fighting, you know, gender inequality. But as a yes. as a woman of color, as a Mexican immigrant, I'm, I'm fighting against uh, also racial inequality. Right. Um, so that has been my struggle here in the U.S. But but I'm, you haven't let I'm that also, hold you back. No, no, not at all. But but I but also I come from a a country where women are treated even worse. Right. So I have been able to focus on the positive, right. which is here in the U.S., you know, there are more opportunities for women right. than there are in, in my, my native country. Um, I also grew up, one of the things about my father was that he never treated me as less uh, for being female. Mm -hmm. The way I feel a lot of Mexican girls are treated by, right. you know, patri their patriarchal society, but their, their fathers and brothers. My father never treated me as less. Right. And so that gave me a sense of feeling that I could do I could do the same or more as any man. That's great. And that's a perfect example of what we need to be doing in this country as young women growing up. Men and women need to impart in their girls uh, self-confidence and strength that they can do anything that that a man could do, that, that the world is their oyster. Yes. And that's great that you got that message. And I'm sure you're passing that along to your daughter. Yes, I am. Yeah. But 
I think I got that message because my father, like, I think he was influenced. And we need uh, men living, feminists. Yeah, by yeah. living here in the U.S. And he saw oh, women impacted working him. hard. That's Whereas great. I feel like if I had remained in Mexico, surrounded by that, mm -hmm. um, just looking at my female cousins in Mexico, like, I feel like I, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. But you went through a journey to get there. And mm -hmm. you are such an inspiration. And just keep keep writing. I'm oh, looking forward to your you. future you. books. And, um, and I just finished yeah. the sequel to The Distance Between oh, Us. That's wow. coming out next year. Oh, exciting. Yes, What's yes. the name of it? Uh, part uh, right two? Right now, no, um, The Home I Carry is my working title. Love it. And and I took it from a quote by Gloria Saldua um, that says, um, I am a turtle wherever I go, I carry home on my back. And I feel like home is such a important place for immigrants because you have to learn how to carry right. home on your back. And I always say, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a better way. Maybe that should be my title then. <laughs> I loved having you on. Thank uh, you for sharing your story. It's definitely makes a, a, a difference in other girls' lives coming up. You. So thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, well, we, we will be back next week. Uh, until then, just make it an unbelievably great, empowered week. Hugs and happiness.